0: to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you're all having a phenomenal start middle or end of your week. I'm so pumped. This is, I think we have like six episodes left until the end of the year and the new decade. Wow. I can't believe it. I'm so grateful that you guys are enjoying the show, are using the principles of Stay Grounded to create incredible, extraordinarily fulfilling lives and Ask yourself the tough questions with ease and grace. And I cannot wait to introduce you to this week's guest, Miss Mickey Agarwal. So is a serial social entrepreneur who was named Fast Company's most creative people in 2018, a young global leader by the World Economic Forum, and Inc. Magazine's most impressive women entrepreneurs. In addition to building her companies, Thinks, Tushy, and Wild, which are all businesses that are saving the world, might I add, and disrupting massively taboo industries, and she's built them all to a collective and cool 150 million. She's also the number one best-selling author of "Do Cool Shit and Disrupt." Her. I met Mickey at an entrepreneur conference or entrepreneur mastermind, really, and I saw her present on how she's built up her companies. And I was so blown away by the social impact and almost like superhero nature that she was building these companies. Like she is an incredible, incredibly audacious individual that I found so inspiring. That was just putting her eyes on a prize and creating solutions to make those things a reality. You know, I mean, how many times have you been told to hold your tongue, accept the status quo and fall in the line? You know, like, I mean, and it's not your fault. Society wants us to conform. They want us to keep doing things the way they've always been done. But I think some people just can't live this way. And Mickey is one of them. And she's not prepared to sit down, shut up and do the expected of her. She infuses her work with creativity, curiosity and persistence and asks why for some of the biggest questions on our planet, and then builds solutions to fix them. And I think that makes her a modern day superhero. And I think that was what was most fascinating about Mickey and her story, and how she approaches disruptions, the things she does to challenge the status quo, all of her businesses that are supporting nature and saving the planet and setting people free and how she infuses integrity and alignment into her life. I mean, this episode was chock full with so many takeaways from an individual who is creating rapid solutions to fix our planet, but also living a life of curiosity, love, abundance, family, and just presence. And I love this conversation so much because one, I never really know where the conversations on the podcast are going to go. I usually have a general idea around what we're going to talk about and what's going to be discussed, but This week's episode truly did go across a range of topics. We started with how she built her companies and the soul she infuses into a creative life. And then we ended up on the topics of forgiveness and letting go and creating new memories and experiences in our lives. And how do we stay grounded in all of it? I genuinely say this. I feel like I say this every single time, but I genuinely do feel that this week's episode with Mickey was one of my favorites not only is she a vivacious, audacious, and incredible entrepreneur, but she is an inspiration for uh, myself as well as a lot of individuals who feel like they want to do their part to create a better world. And I think Mickey has done an amazing job of, of sharing her own perspectives on how we can all do that in our lives. So anyways, Hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on iTunes or any of the podcast apps. Join the Stay Grounded community on Facebook. Uh, Just go to rajana.com forward slash stay grounded. Uh, I create all sorts of content and community support to assist you as you go about living this beautiful life that we've got. And so uh, I'm here for you. Mickey is here for you. Uh, We have all of her links available in the show notes. Go tell her how much this episode meant to you. And I hope you guys are really, again, seeing how far you've come. It's the middle of November. It's the end of a decade. You know, if you've been moving at lightning speed, make sure to take a few moments to just breathe, take a deep breath and look back on your journey and see how far you've come. I think we get so lost in the future and where we want to go and all the things we want to see and experience that we forget to take tabs of all of the beauty you've already created by just being who you are. So take solace in that. I am proud of you. I am proud of myself. And we've just been rocking it. So anyways, I'm so grateful to have you guys here. But without further ado, here is the amazing Mickey Iberwol. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. Hope everybody tuning in is pumped. For this week's guest, Miss Mickey Agarwal. How are you, my friend?
1: Hello, fellow Daisy brethren.
0: (laughs) I am so excited. Like when I say I'm so excited because I literally wash my butt with your product every day. And it's amazing. And so the fact that we're having this conversation just makes me feel very connected to you.
1: If people don't know what he's talking about, it's a product called Tushy. And it's a, modern, <laughs> it's a modern bidet that washes your butt clean because who uses dry toilet paper anymore? I mean, like you would never jump in your shower, like not turn the water on and just use dry paper. You know what I mean? Like
0: No, you wouldn't. It's no. just like so and
1: it's actually- ridiculous. And the fact that we've been so deeply indoctrinated to believe that this dry paper actually properly cleans. You know what I mean? Like, like It's just like that's why I really adore that you understand what I'm talking about because sometimes it takes a minute for someone to get it, but once you have it, you get it,
0: you know? Well, you know, I, I kind of wanted to just start there because one thing that fascinates me most about the businesses you've built in your own journey is how you've been so driven to approach shame-based industries or things that we're embarrassed of with like, a very fresh, creative light. Like why are you so driven to go after industries that are so taboo?
1: Well, because the thing is like, I'm Canadian, right? And Canadians are just chill about everything for the most part. I mean, you know, I'm half Japanese, half Indian. So I guess, you know, you have a few different perspectives, but I grew up never not being able to talk about anything. Like I've always, it's always been like, yeah, let's talk about whatever. Like even if you know, Indians and Japanese people are somewhat conservative in a lot of ways, but because my parents married each other, you know, and we were born and raised in Montreal, Canada, it was just sort of like open and everything was just, we just talked about pretty much everything. And it was so weird to me when the subjects of periods came up, you know, it was something that we, we didn't really talk about. And when I, when I was just like, oh, used to talking about things without anyone being like, whoa, 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 why are you talking about it? It was strange when that started happening around the conversations around periods specifically, and then subsequently poop, which every human being does. It was just interesting to me that because nobody's talking about it, because it's something that's societally taboo and heavy quotes, there have been very little innovation in these categories for a really long time. And if there's very yeah. little innovation then there's huge opportunity to disrupt, to make them better, to innovate, to level up, you know, these categories. I mean, you think about the period space for women. I mean, there had only been three major innovations in the entire 20th century, you know, tampons, pads, menstrual cups. And so because of that, you know, and these products leak, they're bulky, they're uncomfortable, they're bleached, they're, you know, made with, you know, just ingredients that aren't good for a woman's body. And they were mostly made by men. You know, not that not yeah. there's anything wrong with it, but it's just like, you know, respectfully, men probably don't understand women's bodies as good as women do. And so, therefore, to use products that are super bulky and, 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 and don't quite work properly that leak, it, it was just a problem. And so, there was a real, and because it was very taboo and shameful to talk about, people were not innovating in them. And therefore, there had just been very much a standstill for the last 50 years in progress. And you think about like everything that's happened in the last 50 years when it came to like technological progress. And you think there are certain things like the bathroom, you know, we're talking right now on a Zoom call, you know, we're on Wi-Fi, like we are, we have our Bose sound, whatever proof headphones in, you know, and then the minute we step into our bathrooms, like poof, we're back into the 1800s because nobody wants to talk about it. and It's ridiculous. Yeah. Not to mention the fifteen million trees are being killed, and the billions of gallons of water, and the bleach, and the processes to make the toilet paper. It's just unsustainable. It's unnatural, and it's you know it's bad for our health, hygiene, pocketbook, for the environment. It's just like an obvious shift. And so for those, it just it was a clear thing where like these these topics should be talked about and should be innovated in, and that's sort of how I fell into it.
0: What does it feel like to innovate in spaces that touch so many different lives? It's
1: really fun when I kind of, when you, when I meet people from every walk of life, I mean, and my husband and I were on like an ovulation trip. Like we were um, in the (laughs) Azores last week where, where I was like ovulating and I was like, okay, we're going to go on an ovulation trip and like try and get pregnant again. We're working on it. And when we were in the Azores, we're randomly in the middle of nowhere and met this couple who are like Mormons who travel for, you know, when they, when they go on their two year Uh, what do you call it? Like, you know, when they go...
0: I forget what it's called, but I know exactly yeah, what you called. Yeah, they go
1: on their two-year yeah. things where
0: they like go... pilgrimage? It's, like not, a it's Pilgrimage? It's,
1: but anyway, something like that. They have a tushy. You know what I mean? And so like, and it was like the middle of nowhere. I'd make these people who are completely different from a different walk of life, different sort of thing as us to both have the same product was so cool. To meet an old person from the Bronx, to meet somebody, to talk to somebody in Germany, to talk to somebody in every walk of life, having this product, because it's an affordable product, it's only $79. And so because of that, it's not like only for the wealthy people, you know, it's for anyone. And so it's been such a fun thing to have very unique conversations with so many different types of people who all could, who all obviously benefit from it.
0: Are you a new mom, relatively new mom? Two years. Okay, two years, right? So how has being a new mom sort of influenced your own ability to create and innovate?
1: Wow. Well, great question because my next three inventions are all in the baby space. And so I, I'm working on five new inventions right now, three of which are in the baby space. they are just clear pain points for moms. And for myself, it was a massive pain point. They were massive pain points. And for all the mothers that I know, same pain point. It's really, really fun to, to like recognize all the, the things that are needed that are both needed for the sanity of the baby of the mother and of the planet. I mean, think about how much waste is in the baby space, the diapers and the blah blah blah, the so wet wipes and the you know there's just so much waste, you know, to be able to come up with new inventions that not only elevate the human experience but also save the planet in those categories too has been really really fun to work on. So it's coming really soon. Love- yeah.
0: Yeah, that sounds exciting. I just love how I'm inspired by your by the creativity within your businesses. How does that bleed into your personal life too? Like, do you t- tend to have a very artistic personal life as well? Are there elements of creativity and creation and innovation that sort of bleed throughout all of the things you do?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I'm most of my friends in New York are either founders, creatives, or artists, and so when one is in an atmosphere where you're constantly around creative types of people, you know, who go to Burning Man and who go to creative experiences and, you know, are always seeking out new, unique adventure. Yeah. you know, To keep your eyes open and be present to your surroundings and to be present to to my palette of what I like and what I'm drawn to has been so interesting to see how a lot of that has been brought to the work that I do. You know, in the end What are you half. drawn to? Right now, so if you go to HelloTushy.com, if you go to my website right now, I'm really drawn to scale. And so looking at things in different scales, so if you go to HelloTushy.com right now, in front of a computer, just go. And if you go to my homepage, there is an image of the bidet being like a water slide to a bunch of like little people. I don't know if you, you see that.
0: Oh um, yeah, I see it. yeah. yeah.
1: And so it's very artful. It's very interesting. And I just feel that it's like Kanye shrunk the kids, you know, vibes. I'm just drawn to that. I, you know, I saw I saw a bunch of artists. I just look through art. I, I look at different people's profiles on social media, or I go on, you know, go to different art galleries or just constantly, like when I travel, just keep my eye open at different things that I just... Found a, a piece of artist that took these like statues of David and shrunk them to different sizes and put them in an art piece. And I was just like really drawn to that, intrigued by that. And then I wanted to, you know, bring that inspiration to my business. And while a bidet company, you know, and using like a David statue shrunk in different sizes, like how do you bring that together? Well, that's, you know, if you go to com and check out the homepage, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. And so, I'm just drawn, I'm I'm just drawn to what I'm drawn to. I'm drawn to nature. I'm really drawn to trees and, and just like the veins of leaves and like how they, it's just how brilliant like the technology of trees are. You know, it's, it's a technology, like the fact that it's, it's been like billions of years for them to take in carbon dioxide from the air, you know, and turn it into oxygen for us to breathe. I mean, that's technology, you know, and we're, here we are as human race trying to figure out how to invent something that like takes all the CO2 out of the air and spit out oxygen. We're like trees, you know, and they've done it for us for billions of years. And yet we keep cutting them down to wipe our ass with them, you know, and so, and to make Amazon boxes with them we just need to honor and support these magical beings and create inventing products that support nature, I think is what's going to save the planet and save our children. So I'm excited about it. So art, art, nature, it's all, it all goes hand in hand. I mean, nature is art, you know?
0: So one thing I'm drawing from you is you have a very, you have a very curious nature. Like you're very curious and you're, you're intrigued by, uh, by things that most people would mostly probably overlook. How do you, how do you foster that sense of curiosity in your life?
1: I think it's just by asking like questions. I mean, like, how does this work? Oh, what's, you know, I think about my son who's two years old. His favorite two words are like, what's this? 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 Like, like all day long. What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? And it's so cute. And I feel like when you say like, what's this enough? And if you don't lose that. Like it just, it's just not losing that. What's this? Why is it done this way? Is there a better way? What's this? Why is it done this way? Is there a better way? And I think that's why I wrote my book, Disrupt Her. It's, the, it's that like yeah. the dissatisfaction with the status quo. You know, there's like a low level of dissatisfaction with the status quo of so many things in life that I've felt for so long to be like, wait, why do people believe this? Like, why is this the truth? Like, why can't I talk about money? Like, I think it's interesting. And why is it considered tacky? you know, it's literally a made up energy exchange that we've agreed to is worth something could be like this mouse, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we've just we have these agreements in society that are unspoken, but taught. Don't talk about your period. Don't talk about poop. Don't talk about money. You can complain. Everyone's complaining about everything. So we can complain, complain to everyone. Oh, you have to get serious as you grow up, get your head out of the class, sit down, be quiet, shut up. You know, you're taught in school, like, get your head out of the clouds, you know, sit down over and over again, beating the head that this is the way it is. This is the way things are supposed to be. This is the way, you know, and you think about, you know, consumerism advertised to thousands of times a day. You should, the more stuff you have, the better your life is. The more stuff you have, the better your life is. The more stuff you have, the more happier, the happier you'll be. And then soon enough, you're just like, wait, no, I'm going to, you know, that's, that's why the Marie Kondo book is like, you know, yep. blow, have, has blown up because it's, people are like, wait, no, the opposite, no, the opposite yeah. is true. I don't want so much shit. So like for me, like I want stuff that feels good. You know, like what Marie Kondo says is like, does this bring you joy? You know, does this bring you joy? Most of my house is plants and trees because that brings me joy. Not having mosquitoes in my house, my backyard brings me joy. So I'm building a greenhouse. Certain things like that where it's really about what, what brings me joy and bring joy to those around me and like the planet, that's the stuff that, that I care about. And so I think that it's really questioning everything. It's questioning everything. And I, I guess that's something that I've always been like, what's this? Why is this done this way? Like, what, like why? I don't understand. Like I'm bleeding and leaking through everything. Like this, this is ridiculous. Like I need to have a product. Like, oh my God, I'm can I ask the dry paper. This is ridiculous. Oh my God, I'm eating Dirty, gross food, but I love pizza, and I have to give up my favorite comfort food. And so, I created New York City's first gluten-free farmer table, local pizza concept. You know, and so it's kind of like all these pain points that just feel like, why is this the only option? Like, while I get like Joe's Pizza, I also want an alternative to that, and something that 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 makes sense for me. And so, I think if we just stop accepting things and question things and challenge them, and actually take initiative, and most people just don't care enough to take initiative or do something about it, that's where people then just decide, choose to fall in line instead.
0: So many questions, like literally, I have like, my mind is buzzing right now. I'm trying to figure out which direction I want to go with okay. this right yeah. now. Uh, why do you think people are afraid to ask questions?
1: I, because we've been taught at such a young age to sit down, shut up. If you want to go to college and shut up and listen, if you want to get a job and shut up and listen, you know, your voice isn't part of this equation because I said so. You know, why? Because I said so. Uh, as long as you live under my roof, because I said so. So it's like I even, you know, I'm so conditioned for that myself that I find myself having to catch myself like in my life to be like, no, no I have to explain why. You know what I mean? It's just that. It's just so, it's so deeply ingrained in us Or the point we get into the, just with our parents and with school and with, you know, just sit down, shut up, be quiet, get in line. Sit down, shut up, be yeah. quiet, get in line. And to ask questions, like, you know, there's a study I talk about in my book, Disrupt Her, the story of this guy named Gordon McKenzie. And Gordon McKenzie is a, one of the head creative directors at Hallmark. And he basically would go to elementary schools to go and seek inspiration for the creative direction of like Hallmark cards or whatever. And so he would go to elementary schools. And he would ask kindergartners, who here is an artist? And every single kid would raise their hands and freak out and me, me, me. I'm an artist. Yes, it's me, me, me. Then he would go to first graders. Who here is an artist? Half the kids would raise the hand. Not everyone. Half the kids this time, like straight, not freaking out, not out of their chairs, in their chairs. Second grade, one third the class like this. By the time I got to sixth grade, it was one kid who was like crouched down, like barely holding his hand up and didn't want to be called Uh. on about who here is an artist and, and, you know, teachers aren't doing that on purpose. They're just trying to create order so kids could learn in the way they've been taught to learn and how they should learn, which is not the best way to learn. But, yeah. you know, they're not doing it out of malice or doing, they're trying to like get the grades that are set for the standardized tests or blah, blah, blah. And all of it isn't conducive to keeping a questioning, wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, artistic, you know, forward-thinking kid. you are just beaten down to follow orders.
0: And that creates a whole another set of problems with mental health, trying to fit inside boxes that they can't fit inside. That's it. Trying to wear pants that don't fit them. And it just goes down to create this this broken system. And
1: people are just unhappy because they're now sitting there listening to the teachers say shit that they don't believe in or they don't care about. They have to can't sit. They have A D D. Every kid now has in quotes A D D because they can't sit there. Maybe because the way they're taught isn't actually what they want to be learning it's not new. People have been saying this for a long time, which is why different charter schools and different type of programs are you know, launching. My, my friend Ed started this epic school in London called School 21, where the kids are encouraged to talk all day long. It's like, talk, talk, talk. And they, and they don't sit in rows. All the tables are in circle. They're all circle desks. And the kids do all their homework and tests in groups. And so they're learning mm. to collaborate, they're learning to work together, they're learning to talk, 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 talk it through, talk it through, talk through problems, talk through solutions, talk through the different options, you know, just talk through it all and just like and the whole class is just shouting, talking. There's just like this loud hum of kids just talking and talking and talking. And so they actually learn how to talk well. They actually learn how to formulate sentences well. They actually learn how to express themselves well. They actually learn how to question things well because they're talking. Yeah all the
0: time. Such a simple shift. So simple. Yeah. It's just such a simple shift. Where does your own sort of passion and purpose, I feel so much energy from you Mm -hmm. and it's infectious. And I think it's because it's, you're drawing from something that's very pure and very much everyone has, which is why I'm feeling energized Mm. as I see you get energized. Like, where do you think that energy comes from for yourself? And like, how do you, like, what do you think it is that drives you to be who you are? I mean, I think, I
1: think it's just that it's just giving myself permission to do that. And I think people don't give themselves permission to be themselves. And I think that I, I feel very lucky because I'm, because I'm an identical twin and because I'm an identical twin, I've had my twin, my twin sister bought a house five minutes from me. You know, so we, the longest we've ever been apart is three weeks. You know, if you see, if you saw us yesterday, like, like arguing with each other, you'd think that we're five years old you know and so i think that when when for me like having somebody who's so close to me hold me accountable to be myself for my whole life whenever i'm trying to be somebody i'm not she's like why are you acting like that <laughs> or if i'm you know if she's acting weird like i would say you sound you're acting weird like you're trying to put on a face that i don't know or you're trying to act like something or somebody that i have no idea like be yourself and so i think when you have a mirror so close to you for your whole life you yeah. just can't help but be yourself. And so I think it's not about, you know, everybody here, you know, uh, talking, listening, whatever, aren't going to be twins, but everyone hopefully will be able to f- like cultivate one accountability. You know, I talk about, I have a course that's a free course. You know, if you sign up for com, it's a 50 week module, whatever the first, one of the first things I talk about is like find your accountability, buddy, find a person that holds you accountable to your dreams and they, and then you hold them accountable to their dreams in the same way my twin sister and I hold each other accountable to our dreams. We're each other's biggest champions, also big, each other's biggest critics. We're both honest with each other about everything. We're the biggest competitors in some ways with with like what we're working on and healthy mostly time ways. But then, you know, but like the point is, is that I have an accountability, buddy and I've had one my whole life. And I think that if if anybody wants to be fully alive in themselves then they have to feel like they have permission to share everything they're thinking, everything they're feeling, question everything, and then have somebody reflect back, not in a, in a way that's like, why are you saying it like that? You know, it's just like, just say, just find somebody that reflects back. Oh my God, right. Why are people thinking about it that way? Why are people doing it that way? Oh my God, let's explore that. Should we, let's go, okay, come, let's come back next week and give me answers, you know? And so all of a sudden you have someone like holding you accountable to like actually figuring out what is the truth that you believe in and why do you believe that to be true and to have somebody hold you accountable to that truth. So it's just, there's something there for sure. I would also say, you know, being a daughter to a Japanese and Indian person and also growing up in Montreal, Canada, where everyone's very accepting. It's a, you know, the difference between Canada and U.S. I feel like I would say this in a lot of ways is that you know, in Canada, they, they, they really, really celebrate and honor your cultural diversity. And they really celebrate and honor. Like if you're, you know, a Hindu, I, I went to Hindi school and Japanese school, there was Japanese school, there was Hindi school. So there was like schools for every race, religion, everything, you know, like language and the, and the cultures were deeply celebrated. So like, it was sort of like a confluence, a mosaic of colors of, you know, versus a bit of a melting pot. You know, in the United States, where everyone's like American. Not that there's like, like, I more like I love it. At the same time, it's like, can can you be Indian American? Can you be Japanese American? And now, I think more and more and more that diversity is being celebrated. But for the longest time, it was very much a melting pot versus a mosaic of culture. So I think that with that, it's it's just permission. I think it comes down to permission, yeah.
0: like period. Permission from others is one thing.
1: Permission from yourself to speak your truth. It's like your accountability, like holds you accountable to be yourself. But like you have to then learn to be like, oh yeah, I do have something to say about that. You know, I do want to talk about that. I do want to think about that. And oh yeah, your accountability is holding you accountable to doing something
0: about it. Can you define truth?
1: Something that is either factually sound (laughs) or that you believe in without question.
0: How do you find those things in your life that you believe in without question? Like, how do you know? I think we all are born with sort of universal truths. Like we're, yeah. we are we know being kind is an answer. We know that we don't hurting nature We,
1: we, we learn that.
0: Okay, let's go back to kids, I guess, yeah. right? If you look at children that haven't learned behaviors yet and you put them out there, like to them, they're just this giant ball of love. This giant ball of love, acceptance- playfulness fun i mean all these these fear based behaviors are learned the lack of even knowledge that i have the permission to be myself is learned so i think i'm i'm the reason i ask around truth is like how does one remember those those universal truths that i guess like we were born with as kids when we've just learned all this bullshit along the way
1: yeah it's taking the time and self-reflecting. Like Andrew and I just did a value study. My husband and I did like a, a value study where we just sat down and said, told stories about like, when was I the most me? When was I the most alive, the most excited, the happiest, where I felt the most powerful, the most jubilant? and then And then shared those stories, both personally and professionally. And then when was I the most sad, depressed, angry, anxious, you know, just mortified or just bummed? And share those stories, and based on the answers, we kind of were able to devise a set of values around things that I really, really care about. And I think that when you take the time and do it, like I've spent the last six years working with a life and leadership coach, she has been a mirror to my my blind spots. You know, it's like I would say something like, "I can't believe she said this," or something like that about someone at work or someone who someone did something, and I was like, "I can't believe she did that," or "Can't believe she said." And my coach would say stuff like, why are you in the dandelions? Why are you looking at the weeds right now when your head should be in the dreaming in the clouds? You know, stuff like that where like to have somebody hold me accountable to my truth and not to the petty bullshit that we like to hang our hat on sometimes because it's easier sometimes to just like distract yourself right. yeah, yeah. and actually focus on your truths you know, and focus on your purpose and focus on your mission and, and figure out, even, even figure out what that is. It's hard because then some, you might not yeah. find an answer and therefore I'm just going to talk shit about others and troll on the internet and like go and waste my time, and go and do this and go and do that and like organize my closet and like, and not actually focus on, I mean, organizing closets is actually important to like, you know, work <laughs> on. I mean, that's not, it's actually important to like, you know, Marie Kondo and, you know, pick all the things that you love. But anyway, like my point is, is that we often do the take the easy way out and yeah. sit there and be and, and then like get your soul excavated for 90 minutes. Like I have my soul excavated 90 minutes every week by my coach about like what I care about, what I'm doing with my life, like what I'm thinking about, like what are the issues that are that are arising, what are my reactions, like and where my reactions are wrong, or like how they could be better and how you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, people don't want to be told, people don't like looking at their blind spots. People don't like being told that they're not doing a good job. People, people want to be like clapped for, you know, and the whole time. And until everyone's willing to look at their mirrors of their blind spots, we're going to keep living in in a world that's not really truthful. You may be a good person, but you're probably lie a lot about like little things to yourself, to your family, to like, Keep things easy.
0: We all do. You know, we,
1: yeah, it's, it's like we all It's a survival
0: we all do. mechanism. That's it's it. It's a survival no, right. mechanism. And,
1: and it's like to practice being an in integrity, that's also the work I've been doing for the last six years. And integrity isn't just being a good person. Integrity means what you're thinking, feeling, and saying all have to align. Like if I say to you, like, hi, for out of my mouth, and my brain says, like, bitch, you know, <laughs> like that's out of integrity. You know, if my mouth says, Something then my brain and my heart should be saying the same thing, and if it's not, then we're not we're lying. And so you know, we it's so important for us to really look in ourselves and say, where am I out of integrity? With who in my life am I out of integrity with? And I I have to tell you, like with my father, like a forty years Indian father, you know I love him so much. I love my mom so much, but she's separate because she's gentle and wonderful. My father and I have clashed our whole lives. You know, he's been epic, you know, in so many ways, but then yeah. he comes down really hard and it's really scary And for me. And finally, like last week, like this, sorry, this weekend on Friday, like four days ago, I cried to him. I cried with him and I was like, I want a deeper relationship with you and only until I am in full integrity in our relationship where I feel like everything that I want to say is said, is said. then I think I'm going to keep having a service relationship with you and maybe return your calls and maybe not sometimes and maybe not want to face, face these phone calls or these whatever, because I'm not speaking my full truth with you. And I want to, but I feel like I haven't been given the permission to do that. And therefore I'm keeping myself at arm's length. And he finally hurt me and we're going to, I'm going to fly over the next couple of weeks and I'm going to sit down with him and we're going to hash out the last 30 years of gripes that I've had with not gripes, but just like, you know, of, resentment of resentment, of resentment yeah. that I've built up. And I, and I, and not just me, I said, I want to hear everything from you as well. Every resentment you have of me, everything that you, you haven't said to me that you've kind of put, shoved under a rug I want to hear them. I want to own up to them. I want to repent for, I want to like apologize for them. And so that we're both completely emptied of resentment so we can start a beautiful remainder of our relationship. And I think had I not done that work with my coach to really work on integrity, like what I'm thinking, feeling, and saying have to align. It's just, I can't, I can't talk to anybody anymore unless I'm I'm in full integrity. I feel like I have some friends that a couple of friends that. I'm out of integrity with right now in that, like not out of integrity with, I'm not seeing them specifically because if I would, I would be out of integrity with them. And so until like I have the time to sit down with them and talk over what I'm feeling, like what I'm, what I'm you know thinking, I'm not going to any birthday parties. I'm not going, I'm not showing up for things until I've cleared because I don't want to show up fake. You know, I want to show up fully, fully clear.
0: So. And it feels free. It does. It's like it's it's freedom, right? Like that's really that's it. that. When you when you have the permission to yes. shine, you are freedom. just free. Like you're not this balloon that's taped to the ground anymore. The strings are cut, and you can just fly yes. unapologetically. Yes, right. That's it's, it. That's
1: and, it. You've actually hit the nail on the head. And then when you start doing that, you're like, oh,
0: I feel yeah, like, it's like
1: I can like <laughs> my chest. I feel like I can get more air in my body when I'm saying these things. And it's just like, yeah. And then like when you have this feeling, you can't stop anymore. It's like using, it's like going back to using dry toilet paper. You're like, I <laughs> can't do this shit anymore. Like I can't go there anymore. It's the same thing. It's just like when I, as soon as you start speaking your truth and I'm like, this is how I'm feeling as much as it might hurt or as much as I might, I'm going to say it because I want to be open and be honest. And it, and let's just have a dialogue about it, but I don't want to hold it in because then resentment will build and, and it's going to come out in other ways and I don't want that to happen and I just want to be like like my chest to be there open. Yeah. You know? know, and that's that it. Feeling. You know, it's like you can it's... take in more oxygen and I feel like we don't, people have so many ailments. Like I'm still like, I'm still battling a hyperthyroid condition from 2014 because I feel like, with investors, with employees, like all these issues I've dealt with along the way, I haven't been fully expressed. And now that I'm like liberated, my thyroid levels ha- are, are normalizing. Like everything, oh, my whole body is like getting back to homeostasis. It's actually like so linked when we're not being, we're not in truth, when we're not speaking our truth, our bodies, like mind, body, our so mind, body, spirit are connected. Like people, oh. they, I mean like, the fact we don't believe that, and so for me, like when you catch the bug of truth, of like of integrity, like that, I'm that I really feel it, it is liberating. It's it's that it's that cutting the it's it's that it's that freedom.
0: Yeah, you know, I have a. I think you probably have a very unique perspective on this. But so there's one thing with speaking your truth, and then there's another thing. It's the art of forgiveness, right? Like that goes kind of hand in hand. Like one thing, you can speak your truth, but you can speak your truth from a place where you hold a lot of resentment. So like, how do you balance like speaking your truth and being honest and in integrity with the freeing nature of just forgiving and surrendering and kind of like, you know, letting go of, 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 of all that energy?
1: Well, so when Andrew, my husband and I get into a fight <laughs> or get into like an argument about something, the way we forgive each other it, in the moment, this is like for something small, but it, it, it's actually the same from small to big. It just different scale is to be able to hear each other's perspective is to be able to say, like, I hear you, that you felt that I was, you know, I didn't show up for you in this way and I'm sorry that you felt that way. And then the other side, it's like, Oh, you know, I'm, I, I hear you that you didn't take what I said as a joke. Even if I meant it as a joke, you took it as something personal and you made yourself conscious about it it hurt your feelings that wasn't my intention at all. And I'm really sorry. And like to be able to hear each other, that's in relationships. If there are relationships where you can't have the in-person thing, because I certainly yeah. have those as well, where I don't have the opportunity to sit across from somebody and say, hey, I hear you. And for them to hear me, because you can't just be like one way street where it's like, I hear you. Then the other person feels resentful. Like even yep. if they were wrong, like it's, it takes two hands to clap. So, while like, I, you know, like for the longest time, like I felt so righteous about me being right about something or about being like, you know, like I, I have a right to be angry, it's not gonna solve it because you actually don't see the other person's perspective and therefore you'll always, they'll never fully be, feel good with you either. So, until you sit across from each other, say, I hear you, you hear me. Once we, once we like both hear each other fully, and then Andrew always asked me, is there anything else I left unsaid? And I would say, hmm, I think about it. And I'd say, no, I think I've, I've cleared it all. And then, he, then I would say, is there anything else you haven't said left unsaid? Then he would say, actually, maybe there's one thing. And then I would say, okay, let's hear it. Then we would talk about it. And then we would again do that. Like I hear, you know, we hear each other on where that came from. And then we would clear it. And then we have a thing we call fresh start. And fresh start means that like, okay, like, and it sounds formal and, you know, people will be like, oh, it's like a formal thing amongst family, but actually like you have to create a construct that works to hear each other. And then you can go back to being your woo, silly, fun self. When it comes to things like serious, like forgiveness, when it comes to things as serious as hearing each other's fight and hearing each other's like anger or resentment or frustration, you have to sit down and like create like an actual like construct around that. That's one thing, forgiveness with... People that I, you know, for example, have feel wronged by in the past, namely media who said things, you know, whoever, right? Like, you know, it's like a writer who what could have said something mean, anything, right? Where I would feel like sad about it. What I do is just say like I see their perspective. Like they need to write a clickbait story, and this is how they get paid. And like I would probably seek a different profession. You know, like I I understand where they're coming from, and therefore I forgive. I forgive that person. If it's something, I'm an altercation with a, a, a former person in my life that for some reason we just can't find, just sending them like love and light. You know, there's one person that, you know, I wish I could sit across from right now. And I did like a holotropic breath work exercise around that. And I- What is just, that? It's like taking LSD or mushrooms, but it's taking zero drugs and using your breath. It's in, in, out. It's- <gasps> And you do it for 30 minutes. And Mm. it's called holotropic breathwork. And if you put it to the drone, to a sound of like a lower chakra beat or a melodrome or music that's... I've never had cosmic experiences. Like I've had like full body crying. It's like, it's kind of like your body, like going through, you know, like taking your last breath, like, (sighs) Yeah. (sighs) When you when you when you cry, you go, you know. It's like it's like, and you do that for thirty minutes at holotropic breathwork. It makes you like, It actually creates this hallucinogenic mental state.
0: Holy crap!
1: It's wild. Look up holotropic breathwork, yeah, and I'm in that, do it, <laughs> yeah, do it. It's incredible, and 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 look it up to the music, uh, you know, just just look up like holotropic breathwork drone sounds and then you'll find some different sounds that open up different chakras. It's out, you know, but it's actually real. Like I've done it a couple of times and it's for real. And and I felt such deep forgiveness and love and compassion and held space. And like, I pictured the two of us, like walking arm in arm out of our conflict. Like, you know, like I really visualized like our our union, our coming back together, our mutual forgiveness, our love of one another, of our feeling misunderstood on both sides. Like I really saw that. It healed so much. It healed so much for me. It allowed me to not think about it anymore with pain. It's now like sending love and light. It's like such a different thing.
0: I think forgiveness and even these, the art of forgiveness is more for you than it is for anyone. A
1: hundred percent.
0: It is you saying that I want to feel differently. I want to move on. I want to, it's, it's, it's putting the power back yeah, in your yes. hands to just clear the air, <laughs> Yes, right? Whether you are right or wrong, it does not matter. Yeah. I just don't want this. this. I want to breathe again. I want to yeah. breathe. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, ah, you know, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: It's, it's freeing. I did not expect this conversation to go this route, but yeah. I'm glad it did because i think a lot of people like i feel like we're all in this car and we're driving uphill right we're driving uphill and we're carrying all this baggage and we think that the only way to get up the hill faster is to make the car stronger but really in this conversation i'm just realizing maybe it's just easier to throw the baggage out the door maybe or, it's just
1: yeah it's so it's throw the baggage out the door or hold that baggage sacred in a new way. And Mm. to be like, those are beautiful lessons, beautiful learnings, beautiful teachings, and it's no longer baggage. It's beautiful. It's like gorgeous lessons. And so it's like, I don't want to like blow it away or throw them off. I actually want to hold them, but hold them in a different way, in a sacred way. That's more Mm. powerful. It's still, it's still equally liberating. It still equally makes you lighter. It still makes you flow but it's it's honoring those lessons and teachings, and making knowing that that made you wiser.
0: You're way right. Screw throwing it out the window. Um, that no, I like your idea a lot more. I'm I'm going with that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Mickey! Uh, just over the last hour, we've talked about so much stuff. Uh, we're gonna make. I think you're gonna have a few fans after this. How can people say thank you or reach out to you and and just learn more about? you <laughs> I'm, I'm a super fan so just anything how do, how do we reach you
1: well first definitely instagram's an easy way i post something new every day that's like some, something that i've i'll probably at some point post a clip of, of of this of our chat conversation but you know i post different things that i think will be valuable it's always in service of it's never like look at me but it's always in service of like a thought that i have a you know epiphany i have or a Point in a talk that I gave, or a moment in a podcast that I feel like, oh, this is value. Let me share it. And so, check out my Instagram at Mickey Agarwal. I also spent, you know, months with my with my team, my amazing team, working on 52 weeks yep. of um, disruption in your life, and it's free. And it's really, I think, you know, if you really spend time thinking about it, not just oh, look at the email, delete it, or like forget to do it. If you just read it, if they're very quick, they're very simple, you just go to com and you can subscribe to it or uh, through my Instagram, there's like the link tree in the bio. It just says subscribe by 52 moves. Check out that. And then definitely check out hellotushy.com.
0: Wash your butt better world. I Wash mean, it better.
1: Come on. I mean, stop <laughs> using dry paper and giving yourself hemorrhoids, okay? And stop killing trees. <laughs> save your butt please. Yeah. Check that out. And, um, yeah, if you have any questions, I also have a a phone number that I give out, but that you can find on my Instagram. I You can text me and I always text people back. So.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. Well, guys, don't be frantically writing these things down. We'll make them available in the show notes, but Nikki, I got one last question for you Yes. in the midst of everything you've been through everywhere you're going and everything you've seen. How do you stay grounded?
1: I stay grounded by really spending time with my my family, being in nature, uh, spending time with my epic community. I have a beautiful tribe of just wonderful, big hearted, badass humans, just taking the breathing, meditation and sitting. (laughs) I stopped actually, I stopped taking calls and meetings on Fridays so I could be my thinking days. So So I can actually stay grounded fully and actually like stop and think and give myself space and freedom to think. That's important.
0: Freedom. Freedom is everything. Mm -hmm. Well, Mickey, uh, again, thank you for being you. Uh, Like I said, I was a super fan, but now I think I'm a super, super, super duper fan. (laughs) Massive love for you. Uh, But everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Mickey. And from us, Stay Grounded. (laughs) We'll chat soon.